0: Ephesians chapter number three. In verse number 17, verse number 17, the Bible says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I believe... What every Christian needs, we find right here in Ephesians chapter number three, these few verses. This changes, this changes a person's life. Listen, salvation is not just turning over a a new leaf, trying something to see if it works. The moment you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God takes up residence inside of you. There's power. There's a friend that sticketh closer than the brother. That's Jesus Christ. There's so many benefits we get. Now, the greatest benefit we get through salvation is eternity with with God. That is probably the best benefit. I I, I don't have to worry about where I'm going to spend eternity. I don't have to, to pay my sin debt. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. There's going to be a price for your sin. But Jesus Christ, he went to the cross. and He paid that sin debt that you and I owe. If you trust Christ as your Savior, you don't have to pay that sin debt. He already has. I don't have to, for eternity, be separated from God in a place the Bible calls hell. I don't have to spend eternity there. I get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ, worshiping him, all because of salvation. How many of you are excited about being saved? Boy, that's exciting, isn't it? There's so much more to salvation as well. Right here, let me read these again with you, these few verses here. Verse number 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye may be rooted and grounded in love. Listen to verse number 18. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God." Is Jesus Christ real to you today? Is he real? Has he made a difference? You might say, of course, Pastor, I'm saved. Of course he's real. Are we behaving in such a way where he's real? How we act and how we live, do others see there's something different about those of us that call ourselves Christians? Christianity, it's not a religion. It's not a religion. We didn't come here today because we're religious. We didn't come here today due to religion. We came here today because we are followers of Jesus Christ and and we want to learn from the word of God so that we can take what we learn out into a world and give it to a world that needs Jesus. It's a relationship that we get to have. You know, when I got married, I got married into a relationship with my wife. I'm so glad I did. I get to spend time with her every single day. She has a whole list of things that she wants done every day. And I get to do that list every single day. I got started yesterday, and, and uh, we got started early. We had to uh, be here uh, for a men's our men's breakfast, and I went and helped uh, Phyllis uh, Detweiler get her truck loaded. And I got home, and my wife had a whole list of things. And I was excited. I was ready to go. And I thought if I got a couple things off this list today, she'd be happy. I'd be happy. there would be a good dinner. Well, I got a lot of things done. She's happy, and I had pizza. (laughs) I'd get something done on that list, and she said, let's keep moving. And I am, like, ready to just die. I'm ready to sit down, Jim. And she says, don't sit down now. Let's just keep moving. Let's keep going. We're doing so well. I get all that because of a relationship with her. It's wonderful. Just like Christianity, just like Jesus, there's so much we get There's so much we get. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 19, if you would please. In the Gospels, Luke chapter number 19. I want to show you a fella. I want to show you a fella. Luke chapter number 19. I was, one of the men in our church asked me last week if I'd golf in a tournament with him, and so I Went and I golfed in this tournament, and we couldn't find that none of the holes were marked, and and uh, uh, so we didn't know where to start, and, and we had no idea what hole we were on, where we were supposed to start, and someone said just go down to the sycamore tree, and that is the hole you need to be at, and we had no idea what a sycamore tree. How many of you know what a sycamore tree looks like? So we were looking for a little guy up in a tree. <laughs> I said, if you see Zacchaeus, that's probably a sycamore tree there. But Luke, Luke chapter number 19, it tells us, it tells us of a, a man by the name of Zacchaeus, and and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up in a sycamore tree to, to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him. and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, What? Uh, that he was gone to be a, a guest with a man that is a sinner. Aren't you glad he wants to be a guest with a man that's a sinner? And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And If I have taken anything from any person by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, this morning, I want to just begin with this thought, thinking about Ephesians and we'll reference that uh, uh, a verse, those three verses here all throughout this message. But it brings me to the thought of Zacchaeus. You know, Zacchaeus met Jesus. Zacchaeus was a a publican. Zacchaeus was a rich man, the Bible says, And, and it causes us to think this, that Zacchaeus got some of his wealth because he was a dishonest person. He had power to take what from others that did not belong to him. And, and when, he, when he met Jesus, something changed. He didn't just leave Jesus and go back and do what he was doing before. When he met Jesus Christ, the Bible says when salvation came to him, Zacchaeus was changed. How he thought changed. What he did changed. How he treated people changed. Everything about Zacchaeus changed the day he met Jesus Christ. He began to care about people. You know, I believe this, Christians, the most caring people in all the world ought to be Christians. Because the greatest example we have, who we follow, is the one that cared about people. When you and I were lost in our sin, and we were hopeless, and there was nothing that we could do to redeem ourselves, there was nothing we could do to, to get us out of the condition we were in. The Bible says that we were born and de- we were born dead in trespasses and sin. There was nothing we could do to fix our problem. You and I were born dead. We were born sinner. And in that condition we were in, Jesus Christ still loved us and still came to this earth, and he shed his blood. He bore our sin on the cross so that you and I could be redeemed. The greatest example of caring for someone else is Jesus Christ. And he's the one that we follow. I want to talk to you today about the changes that Jesus Christ makes in our life. Because I'm concerned at times, Christianity is just used as a word to describe a religion. And Christianity ought to be used to describe a follower of Jesus Christ. What makes us different as Christians? What makes us different? I want you to see this, that the Word of God makes us different. Jesus Himself causes us to be different. When you meet Jesus, everything changes in your life. Zacchaeus met Jesus and everything changed. I want you to go with me to the book of Acts, if you would, please. We're going to go to several different scripture references here today. If if you're not familiar with turning to different books in the Bible, that's okay. Just Just um, uh, bear with us here this morning and do your best. There may be a Bible in the chair in front of you. If you are able to follow along, that would be wonderful. If not, just listen to as we read these passages of Scripture here this morning and write these down and go back later and, and just follow up with these. Acts chapter number 10, verse number 43, the Bible says this, To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in Him shall receive remission of sins. Isn't that a wonderful verse? That through His name, whosoever believeth in Him shall receive remission of sins. You know, the one thing I noticed this morning as I study this passage of Scripture, as I go through and I've spent time in prayer, you know, there is joy that we receive as Christians. Joy of forgiveness. You and I are forgiven. You and I are forgiven. Now, how many of you would say this? You have committed a sin. How many of you say this? You don't have to raise your hand. You've committed a sin today. Probably so. And if you haven't yet, you probably will before the end of the day is over. But aren't you so glad that your sins are forgiven? You know, a Christian ought to have joy knowing that your sins are forgiven. That changes, I don't have to, to work my way to try to figure out how I'm gonna pay this payment. I've told this story many a times, but this story just sticks in my head as I think about someone that's trying to earn something from God. I was in Montreal and in there at this, this uh, uh, place in Montreal, I, I was visiting and in these steps, it was probably 150 or so steps all the way up the side of this hill and they, they're, they're, people come on their pilgrimage to this place, and they crawl up these steps on their hands and knees, and they, at each step, Jim, they stop and they pray. You get to the next step, they stop and they pray. They get to the next step and they stop and they pray. They do this all the way up these steps, hoping, hoping that God will hear them and meet their need. As I sat there and watched this happen, I was... I was just concerned because there's no joy in that. That person just puts their body through agony hoping that, that the God of this universe would see how much agony they're putting themselves through and look kindly upon them. And so often, so many religions, what the the goal is to to try to get through trying their best to get God's attention, hoping, hoping that this God of this universe will look down upon them and catch them doing something good for a moment and and, and then reward them for doing that. But listen to me, that's not salvation through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he bore my sin upon the cross. He paid my sin debt. When God sees me, if I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, he doesn't see me dead and and trespasses and sin he sees me alive he sees me in christ and my sins are forgiven never to have to be brought up again listen to me as a christian i ought to walk around with joy that ought to bring excitement and joy to my life i believe this the christians ought to be the most caring people in the world and they ought to also be one of the happiest people in the world happy knowing this that my 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 sin can never come back and and hold me bondage anymore now I don't have one of those testimonies that uh, others may have. I was I was born into a Christian home, and, and my dad was a pastor. and And uh, at the age of six, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. and And uh, I don't have those those stories that that others have in life the 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 tragedy or or the, the 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 life of sin that God that God saved them out of. and And sometimes I listen to other people's stories, and I just sit and think, Wow. God is so good. When I say this to some, where would you be without Jesus? Some people think this, boy, I, I've known Jesus at a very young age, and I'm not quite sure what the world has to offer. I'm not quite sure, you know, the, the things of this world, and there's others maybe in this room that you say, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly, I was, I was living the life of sin. I was hopeless, and it was, I was living in despair, and, and sin had a grip on me, and sin had a hold on me, but the moment I got saved, I was freed from the bondage of sin remember the day you got saved remember the day you got saved how you wanted to tell everybody I remember the day I got saved I wanted to call my grandparents and tell them that I got saved my grandparents were not saved at that time they didn't know Christ and and I thought what a wonderful thing I could call my grandma and grandpa and tell them that that I got saved I remember wanting to tell people I got saved. I remember the first time I took a little New Testament and sat on our front front steps there in Philadelphia and and went to the Bible and showed another boy my age how to be saved. And I remember then when he got saved, I was so excited for him that he trusted Christ as his Savior. Remember the day you got saved? Remember when you were, you were heading the wrong direction? You were heading apart from God and, and you trusted Christ as your Savior? The joy that brought to your life? Listen to me, Christian, today there's joy of forgiveness that each and every one of us have. Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to take our sins away on the cross. It is through faith in him that we receive, that we receive salvation. Listen, there's joy. Listen, as Christians, we still live in a world of sorrow. There's still people that we love, members of our church. I think Phyllis Detweiler, she sits in the hospital room today. I think people like Slim Thompson, who's faithful and serves the Lord here at this church, who spent several days in the hospital. There's some here sitting today, there's Sickness that you're going through. There's some that just recently you've buried someone that you love. There's some that are going through some financial difficulties. There's some there's issues at that, that work that you're having. And I'm not saying that just because you're a Christian, all your problems are gone away. Just because you're a Christian, there's no more worries in life. But what I am saying that you will never have to pay for your sin ever again. There's never going to be a time where someone says to you, you stand before God and He says, I'm sorry. What Jesus did was not sufficient. you're going to have to pay for your sin never again am I going to have to be my sins brought up and those sins brought before me there's joy a Christian has there's joy and we ought to live in joy today I want you to turn with me to John if you would please John chapter 1 just a book previously to Acts John chapter number 1 look with me in verse number 11 of this chapter if you would please John chapter number one. The Bible says in verse number 11, "He came unto his own, and his own received him not." Look with me in verse number 12, "But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name." Listen to me, we not only have joy uh, the joy of forgiveness, we have the joy of sonship the moment you got saved, you become, being a child of God. He became your father. I grew up in a home where mom and dad both were. My mom and dad raised us and I grew up in a good home and godly parents and I thank the Lord for that. But it's been, I guess, it'll be 12 or so years, 10 years, 10 years. 10 years this year is when I got that horrible news that my dad died i believe it was lily that was to be born after my dad died and i remember when my kids were all born the first person i called was always my dad every time when jacob was born i couldn't wait to call my parents and let them know that they had a they had a grandson when Kaylee was born, I couldn't wait to call my dad and say, "You've got a, you've got your, you've got your, your your first granddaughter." When Kenji was born, and I remember when Lily was born, I remember that thought. Can't call him. I remember. Several times since then, over these last 10 years, there's times that I want to call my dad and rejoice and say, Dad, this is what's happening in my life. And and there's also times I'd love to call my dad and say, Dad, this is what's happening. I could use your advice And and not be able to call him. It's difficult. You know, sometimes we get excited, like days like Mother's Day last week and Father's Day that'll be coming up. And sometimes we get excited about those days and we forget. We forget sometimes those days are hurtful to people. We left yesterday, or last week after church, we left and we drove down to Dayton and, and uh, just, uh, just to spend an hour or so with my, my mother-in-law. My wife said, I don't care what we have to do, we just have to go see her for Mother's Day. This is a hard day for her. It's difficult. You know, there's kids, there's little children that grow up without a dad. There's little kids that grow up in this world and they don't know and understand what it's like to have a dad in their life and do the things that a, a dad would do with them. And, and it's difficult and it's lonely and it maybe even cause some insecurities in that child's life. But I want you to tell you this, there's joy in the sonship of, uh, that we find. through Jesus Christ we find here that each and every one of us that God loves us that he that, that as many as received him to them gave he the power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name you know what you get when you trust Jesus Christ as your savior you know what you get the heavenly father Just like this morning, you know, this morning I bow down my head. I sat in my office this morning and I might not have been able to go to my earthly father and ask him for anything. There's nothing my earthly father can do for me now. There's nothing that I can go to him. I can't hear his voice. He can't help me here on this earth. But there is a father in heaven that every time I bow my head, every time I go to him, every time I ask him for something, he hears me just like my earthly father would. Listen to me, one of the greatest things I believe about being saved this morning, yes, we have joy of salvation, that we, we have forgiveness of sin. Also, we have the joy of divine sonship. Jesus came to this world that we might become the sons of God. God, the creator of this universe, if you've trusted Christ as your savior, you can call him heavenly father. And listen to me, and the greatest thing is this, he hears you. We've got neighbor kids, and every so, every so often you, you might hear someone outside yell, Dad. Now, the only time I turn if someone yells, Dad, is if I recognize their voice. And I have f- four girls, and so I only have to memorize one boy's voice. And so if some boy down the street is yelling, Dad, most of the time I don't even pay attention. The reason I don't pay attention is because I know he's not calling me. Well, he keeps calling dad. Don't you want to see what his problem is? I don't really care. I'm not his dad. (laughs) i got five kids calling my name. (laughs) Listen to me. When, when, When I call out God, the Father, when I call out his name, listen, he doesn't ignore me. He hears my voice. I can, I can bow and enter into the throne room of heaven and he hears my prayer and I go because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. And I go in the name of Jesus and the Father hears me. How wonderful it is this morning. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what problem you have. You, if you're saved, you have access to the Father of this, of the, uh, uh, the, the Heavenly Father. You have access to the creator of this universe. You have access to God who said, let there be light. And you know what happened? There was light. He said, I want to hang the sun right there. And you know what happened? He spoke it and the sun hung right there. He said, I want to put a moon right there. And he spoke it and the moon just hung right exactly where he said for it to go. He said, I want to put earth in its orbit. And earth orbited exactly where he said for it to go. He said, I want a tree. And no one ever saw a tree before. But you know what appeared? A tree. He said, let there be waters. And you know what happened? Water came he bent down, he breathed into uh, man the breath of life. We don't even know what man should look like, but all we know is that God took the dust in the ground and formed something and breathed into that. And man came forth. Listen, the God that said, I want there to be rain. A God that says, I want there to be sun. A God that said, I want there to be a tree. A God that said, I want a bird to have wings so it could fly. I want a fish to have gills so it could swim. I want an elephant to have a trunk so it can do whatever elephants do. (laughs) It's the same one. No matter what you're going through in life, you can bow your head. and You can say, Father. And that same God hears you. He hears your voice. Jesus came to this world so that you and I can become a son of god a child of god listen there's so much joy there christian let me continue here there's the joy of forgiveness there's joy we have in divine sonship and i want you to turn with me john also tells this in first john chapter three if you would toward the end of your bible first john first john chapter number three just go all the way to the book of revelation and Then you're going to find a couple short books, Jude and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Go to 1st John chapter number 3. John wrote this, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew not God. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know That when we shall appear, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. One of the benefits of being a child of God, when Jesus comes back, I'm going to be like him. Boy, there's joy in that. Christian, we ought to take just a few things we've already learned this morning, just a few things we've already heard this morning, that ought to revolutionize our life. That ought to change our outlook on life. That ought to change how we deal with people. That ought to, that ought to change what we, who we are and, and, and how we behave. Having joy. My sins are forgiven. I'm a child of God. Thirdly, I want you to see this. Thirdly, I have joy in continuing friendship I have with Jesus Christ. You know, the most wonderful friend that anyone can ever have, his name is Jesus Christ. The Bible says there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and that friend is Jesus. You know, so many, so many go through life insecure. You know, maybe you were born into this world and you hear of families, loving families, and caring families. You hear of families that mom and dad and love each other and take their kids on vacation and all the, the wonderful things, and you say, I never had that in life. I didn't have those things. You know, we live in a world that it's becoming more and more common that that becomes the norm in this world. Marriages, when we hear of people that have been married 40, 50, 60 years, that is not the norm anymore. It seems like this, the things that we don't want or don't desire, those are the things becoming the norm in this world. Here we want to see this, though, that our security, what we look for, we ought to not look for the things of this world, the material things of this world, the material possessions of this world, friendships of this world. People are going to let you down, but Jesus Christ, He'll never let you down. And so often we look to things to try to find security and we purchase things and we find ourselves in debt and we are always looking to find security in life through relationships only to find this. Every time we try to find security in something other than Jesus, we always come up empty. Always. I think of this Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a man. The Bible says he was a rich man. Now how many of you would think this? If I had more money, all my problems would go away. Now, how many of you ever thought that? I mean, just a little more money, just a little bit more. You know what you find? Money doesn't make your problems go away. Money doesn't buy happiness. The more, the more you get, you know what the more you want? Money. Money. Someone said this talking to a a billionaire. When you made your first billion, what did you want next? He said to make the second billion. Zacchaeus was rich. He had everything in life that he could ever want. He could have the house he wanted, he could have the the, uh, ladder to get up the tree that he wanted. He could have everything in life he could ever want. But he was empty. Listen to me, maybe you're here today and you're searching and you're trying to find things and every time you think you found it, you only find that you're empty. You're searching through material things. You're searching through relationships. You're trying to find what only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion doesn't fill this void. Only Jesus Christ does. Church membership doesn't fill this void. Only Jesus Christ does. A friend can't fill this void. Only Jesus can fill this void. Zacchaeus was one that was looking and searching. He thought there was no way that he could see Jesus. So he climbs into this tree and, and, and the press is all around and, and he couldn't, couldn't get, couldn't get toward Jesus because of the amount of people. Jesus came by. Jesus looks up and he sees Zacchaeus and he says, Zacchaeus, you come down. I'm coming to your house today. And Zacchaeus found in that moment everything that he was ever searching for in life. He found in Jesus what money could not buy. He found in Jesus having prestige and fame could not bring. He found in Jesus that having the house he had couldn't fulfill. He found in Jesus what his job couldn't fulfill. What he found was Jesus, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Everything he was searching for, he found in Jesus that day. And it changed his life. Before, he thought I needed riches, so he would, he would rob, he would steal, he would take what wasn't his, thinking he would find something. The more money I can get, the more happiness I would find, only to find this. It didn't bring happiness. Only to find when Jesus finally came, he said, I'm going to give away all of these things. If I've stolen from somebody, I'm going to restore it fourfold. And you know what he found? That money doesn't buy happiness. Jesus Christ is the one that brings joy. He didn't need it any longer. He needed Jesus. Listen, there's so many that go through this world and they're looking for security. Maybe you grew up and you didn't have much and so in life you try to hold on to things. Going to find this, the more you hold on, it seems like the more you lose. I love history and I love to read and I love American history. Reading through some, some books, doing for a specific study that I'm doing and it came across the, what happened during the Great Depression. And people lost everything. It got so bad, they said that people were, were jumping off of buildings and jumping off of high-rises because they have nothing now. They had to go home and tell their family, they, yesterday we were rich, today we have nothing. So many many people in this world are looking for answers. And as Zacchaeus learned, answers they're searching for can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, this church itself, it can't do anything for you, but Jesus can. Those waters of baptism there, they can't do anything for you, but Jesus can. Religion. It promises a lot, and it offers nothing. Jesus, the person of Jesus, fulfills your every need. Christ, I need to be finished with this. Christ offers us also the folly of living in either the past or the future. You know what I find so many people, they not only just live trying to find security in things they never find, they also live fearful of the future and guilty of the past. You know what Jesus Christ can do? He can alleviate your fear and He can forgive you of your guilt. I read this one time. I thought this was a great quote. Yesterday is in the tomb. Tomorrow is in the womb. Today is the only sure thing that we have. Did you get that? Yesterday's in the tomb. There's nothing you can do about it. Tomorrow, it's still in the womb. It's not born yet. Today is the only sure thing that you have. So many people are living with the guilt of yesterday. I know what I did. I know what I was. I know what I did. And others are so concerned about tomorrow. What's tomorrow going to bring? I'm living in fear. I want you to remember this this morning, that Jesus Christ, what He gives us through salvation, He gives us forgiveness of yesterday. We don't have to live in the guilt of the past. We don't have to live because of what we did yesterday. We don't have to live fearing the future. He doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of peace. We don't have to live in guilt. We don't have to live in fear. We can live in the present today in peace because of who Jesus Christ is i can't change yesterday and i can't make tomorrow what i want it to be but i can enjoy just dwelling in the presence of my savior today and appreciating what he does for me listen salvation so many people say i want to be saved i want eternal life i want heaven as my home and we see salvation if something that is going to benefit us in the future. But a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It offers us so much today. It offers me joy of forgiveness. It offers me peace. It offers me, it offers me the joy of knowing that I'm a child of God. And I can go to His throne room. It offers me the friendship that comes in through jesus christ it offers me something that i can be secure in everything that's material on this earth eventually it's going to die i had um, my dad had that every tool you could possibly think of and it had the price tag still on it <laughs> he hoarded tools it's the truth So when he died, I went to his basement and I mean, I have, I have every single tool you can think of and some I have two and three of why somebody will say, do you have this? And I'll say, I have that. I'd let someone borrow this and I say, how'd it work? It didn't work. Well, I haven't used it. My dad's been dead 10 years. I haven't used it in 10 years. So if it's gas-powered and he used it, I've, it's been sitting in my garage. It's been moved to three different states, and, and uh, somebody wants to use it now. I let somebody borrow my pressure washer just last week or so, and, and they, used, they took it and they said, it doesn't work. What do you mean it doesn't work? Carburetor's all clogged up. Well, that's junk now. So I went and I tried a couple other gas-powered things. You know what I found? None of them work. I have been hauling for the last 10 years... <laughs> from garage to garage, stuff that doesn't work. Thanks, Dad. And Jacob said, there goes my inheritance. (laughs) I've been telling him, bud, you don't need that. I got one in the garage. It's yours when you move out. He says, Dad, it's all gone. What I thought I had, I don't have. But you know what I've never lost? My salvation in Jesus Christ. Oh, there's been days that I've abused it, there's been days, I've not acknowledged him, there's been days, I've made bad decisions. Even in those times, I've never lost it. It's still as precious as the day I first received it. Listen to me, we've got joy. Let's not live life defeated. Let's not live life discouraged. Let's live life with the joy that Jesus Christ gives you today. Would you commit to do that?